Thank you for listening to Tech for Coaches presented by UnleashStrengths.com. Tech for Coaches is a podcast focused on teaching others how to leverage the massive power of technology. All right, here we are on November 17, 2014, Tech for Coaches episode number three presented by Unleash Strengths. Tech for Coaches was created to help coaches harness the power of technology in an effort to build their business, share their message, and take one step closer towards ultimate success. We are always open to new ideas, so if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or you have a question after the show closes, please shoot me an email, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at UnleashStrengths.com. You can also give us a call. We still use the phone, even though this is all about tech. I still have one of those bad boys, 815-441-2219. Again, 815-441-2219. As always, be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash strengths. And hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Unleash, I'm sorry, Unleash CSF. That's again, Unleash CSF. I always mess that up every yeah, single time. It's tough to do. Yeah. Tech for Coaches is also available on iTunes. That's right. We have reached the big time, so be sure to leave us some feedback and share this podcast with at least two, I say two as a minimum, uh, professionals, family, friends, anybody you know out there that wants to leverage the power of technology. It's not going anywhere, so it's time to embrace it. Go ahead and also submit your questions live. If you're listening to this uh, on the actual live feed, there's a couple of options. You can submit your questions uh, via text message. You can call me via Google Voice or we have a sweet little addition to our website uh, called SpeakPipe. It's a tab on the far right-hand corner of our website that says Send a Voicemail. And you can record your question directly to that application, and I'll get a nice little email in my inbox saying that you left a voicemail. We're actually going to listen to one of those tonight. Uh, so and always, Andy at OnlyStrengths.com if you want to give me a ring, uh, and we can get started with this awesome tech podcast. We've been getting some good feedback about this podcast, Jim. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. And you're going to show me up with all these different ways to uh, c- contact you. I mean, it's like I, we don't have that many, so I'm going to have to yeah. get to work on uh, on some of those ways to get to be contacted. Yeah, I'm actually uh, pricing it out to see how much it costs to put my domain name on the moon so that you can actually you – know, I'm just just kidding. Just but, go up there and drag your feet around. Yeah. You know, yeah. and It'll stay there forever, apparently, yeah, if you do it that way. So. All right, quick introductions. My name is Andy Sokolovich. I am the owner and uh, chief strengths coach at UnleashStrengths.com. I am a Gallup certified strengths coach and an overall tech geek. I love this stuff, and that's why I love hanging out with my co-host, Mr. Jim Collison. Jim, how you doing? Good. Jim Collison from Gallup. I am not a coach, but I do play one on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you moonlight as one. Yeah. That's my new you... tagline for this show, by the way. I am not a strengths coach, but I do play one on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you got most people fooled when they when they hear you talk about yeah. strengths. Yeah, well, you know, uh, being around the Gallup environment and being a manager, being a uh, manager for them, you, you can't not be kind of a, a coach, right? We talk it every day. So yeah. it's one of those things that you pick up a lot, you know, you learn a lot. And so ha- have I gone through the certification program? I have taken one, uh, the one two-day course. I haven't done the full, you know, the full accelerated I did record the coaches. There's a we have a one hour prep exam for the test, and I did record that. So that's got to count for something, I th- I would think. So yeah, no. So uh, the focus on this whole podcast, really, just to give you some kind of uh, storyline behind it, is 
as coaches, as strength coaches, um, as any coach, as any professional, as any business owner, you come to a point where you realize that technology is kind of taking over. So you got to kind of climb in bed with it and do your thing because if you don't learn how to use it, it's going to be difficult to build your business. So we created this podcast as a way to teach people about technology so they can embrace it and actually use it for all the power that it possesses. So Today's episode of Tech for Coaches, episode number three, is all about social media. Social media. Facebook. I mean, it's not just for 13-year-old girls update their shoe status anymore. It has a relevant place in business and profit building. And today we're going to talk about how exactly I and myself and Jim use those tools to reach broad audiences as far as we possibly can. And in Jim's and somewhat my world, I mean, we're actually going global with this. Social media has made it so that you can connect with people I've through Facebook. I've made connections, strengths-based connections all over the world. So it's amazing tools. So the first thing we're going to talk about is social media. What is it? Here's a here's a uh, a great description that I ripped off of Wikipedia. Social media is the social interaction among people in which they create, share, or exchange information, ideas, pictures, and videos in virtual communities and networks. So it's actually a pretty broad description. When we say social media, the first thing everybody thinks about is Facebook, Twitter, that's social media. But what you're forgetting is it's YouTube. It's all these other different platforms that are out there where people can just share, engage with each other, and promote digital content. Why should I use it for business? This is a cool statistic. HubSpot.com, again, that's HubSpot, H-U-B-Spot.com, reports that 80% of users prefer to connect with their brands via social media. 80%. Now, I have some theories behind that, and the first thing I have is that it's ease of use. There's a whole trustworthiness there. When somebody comes to your Facebook page and they just cruise around, they select to like that page, it builds some kind of, some kind of relationship between yourself and that brand. And it's the consumers choosing to find them, search them out, and actually select to start the conversation with them. There's no longer an advertiser or anything being forced upon us. We are actually choosing to interact with that brand. So I think that's why social media has really played a big, big part in not only brand awareness but just building up brand trust. So social media sites and how we use them. We're going to hit the big dog off first. And this is one that's over 1 billion plus registered users now. Facebook, isn't that 1 billion? Is, is, they've surpassed that. Yeah, and they're, they're the largest by far. I mean, there's, there's really no one that is competing with Facebook at this point. So when we look at Facebook, I think the last stat I saw, it takes the, la- the next three combined to reach the traffic that we see at Facebook. So they by far have the most amount of traffic going forward. Any, and I'll back up a little bit to what you said yeah. about business up there and people connecting to it on business. And why? Because it's super convenient, too. You know, uh, the other day, in fact, I was in a meeting today, and, and there was a speaker up there talking, and I looked back in the room, and, like, at least a third, maybe half of the room had their heads down, and they were looking mm-hmm. at their phones. We spend an enormous amount of time connected this at this point, and so it's it, it's really super convenient to connect with these brands via this way. And they know oftentimes, you know, brands are, are watching their social media sites. And so if you have a problem with a product and you tweet about it or you Facebook it, you might get a response quickly. In fact, there's kind of a race on Twitter to, uh, to, to respond to those as quickly as possible. And people now expect that to happen. So this is what I have to say to people about business. If you are going to have a business and you are going to have social sites, you, you have to 
check them. You cannot, you cannot put Facebook pages out and then abandon them, right? Because an abandoned page, somebody comes and spray paints trollish stuff on your page, right? They now control your page. And when I say spray paint troll stuff, all they have to do is post one negative thing about you on there. And if you're not paying attention to what's going on, your brand is now defamed at this point. You know, it's, 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 it's just not great. So with all the things that we say here, Andy and I are going to say a bunch of places you can go. Don't go to these places and start them unless you're willing to commit to keeping them active. So Facebook, we're going to hit the hit the big one up first. Um, so one of the things that I think, and I, and I don't know if when we had our little communication breakdown here, if you covered this, but one of the things that I truly believe makes Facebook just uh, so interactive and so engaging is because it has a lot of a potential. Uh, not only potential, but has a lot of opportunities. I mean, it comes chock full of uh, between posts, video uploads, and pictures, and all this other social sharing, and its ease of use is something that a lot of the other sites kind of miss. They're getting there. I mean, it took a little while to kind of build up that popularity of features, but they're getting there. So, Everybody knows what Facebook is. This this is a tech podcast, so I'm not going to delve too much into what Facebook actually is. It's a social media site. Everybody knows that. But we're going to cover a few questions here. And, you know, we ask yourself, is Facebook better than the rest? Well, yes and no. Uh, Jim is very, very eloquent when he says, know your audience. And that is the truth. Know your audience. If you're in the process of building a business and your audience skews um, which is here's an interesting fact is Facebook was actually the first beta testers from Facebook were baby boomers. Uh, so boomers built Facebook. So anybody that says that there's not baby boomers out there using social media is just completely wrong. It's not, like I said earlier, for 13-year-old girls to update their shoe status anymore. It's relevant. It's an actual conversation. But how often should I post how much time should I spend on Facebook? I have a business to build. Why would I be sitting behind a computer updating my social media status? I have a business to build. Well, here's my thing, and this, and this is what I say about Facebook. You, the conversation goes two ways. So what I recommend people do, and this is through trial and error, is I like to post status updates on Facebook two to three times a day, minimum. And the reason I do that is because, again, you don't know when your information is going to be shown to those people on their timeline. It's chronological. It's, it's based on when you posted that. So Facebook comes with so many cool little analytics that you can use for Facebook for Business that you can actually tell when people are engaging with your page on Facebook. You can tell when your target audience is actually using Facebook. So the people out there that say don't post more than once a day doesn't mean that you can get on at 8 a.m. and shoot out a post and expect people to see it. So again, know your audience. My recommendation, Andy, uh, is two to three times a day. Now, one of the cool features we'll go, go through in a second here is that you can actually schedule out your Facebook posts. And a lot of people do not know that. You can schedule out your Facebook posts. If you go to Facebook.com and you go to create a post, there's a little clock that's down there in the bottom left-ish hand section of the post that you're creating. You can click on that and actually select the date and time that that post will be available and seen by your audience on your timeline. So what that means for any individual that says, I don't have time to use Facebook for business, it means if you have 15 minutes in the morning when you're sipping, you're waiting for your coffee to cool down and you're eating that gigantic glazed bear claw, can stop for a second and create three, four, five posts and schedule them out throughout the day. 
and then sit back and look. Look at the traction. Look at the engagement you're getting from those posts. If the one that you put out at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time seems to be getting the most engagement, the most likes, the most shares, the most comments, I think you're on to something there. And then you can target your postings a little bit closer to that time. So that's just a little caveat, but there's no excuses to say I don't have time for social media. I mean, it's a gigantic networking tool. So if you don't have time to go and shake hands and rub elbows with potential clients, you're missing the boat when it comes to social media. Why? Because there's not a dozen of them. There's thousands, if not millions of people out there who could potentially be reached. The first thing you want to do when you're setting up your Facebook page, and actually, um, I'll put some links in the show notes. My first business is called Bent to Business Marketing, and I do a marketing website, and I have all sorts of neat blog posts on there. One of them is that I created an infographic that reveals how to set up a Facebook page for your business. And there's a big difference between setting up a Facebook page for your business and setting up a personal Facebook profile. There's one that you want to do. If you have a business, you want to set it up correctly. If you're just creating a Facebook page to go ahead and show your mother-in-law pictures of your kids and it has nothing to do with business, then you're going to want to set it up the other way, a Facebook profile. So I'll slap that uh, link in the show notes. And I don't want to spend too much time on the setup and, and of the actual business page itself. But I do want to let you know a few key numbers and concepts that you have to know when you're setting up your page. Facebook is all social media, and Jim, feel free to jump in here whenever. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right I could here. talk about this stuff for days, actually. Yeah. Um, now that I have my voice back, I could really talk. I lost my voice last week, so this is. <laughs> it was kind of funny. You, you, yeah. it, it kind of went out towards the end. I know. It's like Thor got we'll his see hammer if it back. Survives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a few things. I want you to grab a piece of paper and a pen right now, and I want you to write down these numbers. I'm going to be talking about dimensions uh, for Facebook photos and. You, Facebook, your Facebook profile page could be the very first time that a customer runs into you, the very first time that they see a presence of your business online. And the last thing you want to do is have this picture that's cut off on the left, cut off on the right, your telephone number's chopped off, you have an incomplete profile, so you got to make sure that you're creating those images using the correct uh, dimensions to make sure that stuff all fits. Okay, the first thing we're going to talk about is your profile photo. That is your little photo, and that is 180 pixels by 180 pixels. 180 by 180. Okay, that's the little square one. That's an important picture. Why? Because every time you comment on an image, every time you share an image, every time you get involved in a conversation, that's the picture that's being seen. And then the other picture is a what's referred to as the cover photo. And that's I just lost my train of thought on that right there. I that's know right. that. Let me, while you while you bring it back, yeah. let me jump in real quick. So, as you're thinking about these photos, Andy turned me on to this really awesome site called Canva, C A N V A dot com, and they actually have the templates for all the various sizes you need for all the various social networks. So as I'm looking through here, there's an album cover, fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred. That's a big photo, but. You want to get it big because you're going to use it 14 by 14. You're going to use a 600 by 600. You're going to use a 300 by 300. And you can just take that 14 and begin to drop it down into the various sizes, right, and, and get what you need. It's got some other odd sizes as well, and you probably want to get your graphics in most of those sizes. Once you have them done, you've got them done for all your social sites at that point. You can stick them in a folder somewhere, uh, preferably somewhere on the web where you can get to them from anywhere, 
And then whenever you come across these various sites, because every site you sign up for wants some kind of profile picture, and you decide, here's the one I'm going to put. I'm going to be consistent with my profile picture. And you'll have one of those sizes ready. So there's a whole list there at Canva, and I'd recommend you go out and make each one of those for each one of the templates that they have. Yeah. Thanks for the time there. I got it's a yeah. cover photo is width 851 pixels, height 315 pixels. And actually, Facebook has an awesome uh, page on it where you can look at all the dimensions for all the photos. And you can do some really cool things with that. Um, so I'll make sure I put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, and I would recommend, so I've done a lot, of, a lot of graphic stuff. And I recommend if you're going to use a graphic designer, get that thing as big big as you possibly can to begin with. It's easier to crunch it down than it is to make it larger. So if you can get it in gigantic pixel dimensions, uh, 2048 would probably be as big right now, would probably be as big as you need it for most of your applications. But again, get them as big as you can, easier to shrink them down to some point than it is to blow them up. Yeah. And for all of you out there that are hearing us say the word Pixels, we're not referring to any like pixie dust. I mean, they're, pixels is the dimension of the actual image in, in a pixel format. Yeah, think it like inches, but it's they're much, much smaller. And just on the same note as images, there are two tools that I recommend. Jim already men- mentioned one of them, Canva, C-A-N-V-A. Again, that's C-A-N-V-A. Has all everything that you need in there for... Uh, to to go ahead and create awesome images for Facebook. But then the other one is PicMonkey. And that's P-I-C Monkey, M-U-N-K-E-Y. PicMonkey is a free service unless you opt in for their for their annual plan and you get some more fonts and some more selections of templates and things like that. But that's another great uh, website you can use to create some amazing images for your social media sites. Again, social media images for all social media websites, not just Facebook. We decided to add it in here because I know our listeners might trail off and I want you to get all this information right off the bat. Another great place to go to create, and we mentioned this on our last episode, to create some amazing cheap options for graphic design artwork for your social media sites is Fiverr. Again, that's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Fiverr is a website where people will do things for $5, but it's really focused on marketing, graphic design, web development. A great resource. Go and check it out. And then always watermark your images. Uh, if you're putting images on social media, you're putting images on Facebook, this is how it's going to happen. You're going to say, oh, I got this great image. I created this image for my strengths website. I created this image for its, its strengths-based or its theme-based, and I'm going to load it up on Facebook, and I'm going to share it with the world. And the world suddenly takes notice, and then it gets shared once. It gets shared twice. It gets shared three times. And once it gets shared around 10 or 15 times, the credit for that photo is no longer going to come back to you. It's gone. Uh, you know, Bubba shared it, and then Jane shared it, and then now that information is gone. That, so the way we watermark our pictures is so when somebody sees that image and it's been shared 15, 20 times, they still have our domain name, our URL, or our website, or our business name at least, still embedded somewhere in that picture. There's several easy ways to do this. You can use PicMonkey, or you can use Canva, or there's actually a mobile app that I like to use uh, called PhotoMarker. And I'll put that in the show notes as well, P-H-O-T-O-M-A-R-K-R, PhotoMarker, M-A-R-K-R, no E. And that's a really good tool. You take an image with your cell phone, boom, you want to load it up on Facebook, you open up PhotoMarker, uh, photo you import the image, and then with your finger, you can just sign your name in there, you can upload a 
watermark. Just make sure that information is coming back to you. Still, and Andy, oh, that watermark can just be your website, right? That Correct. would be ideal in a lot of cases. It's just it can it doesn't have to be across. You know, we think of sometimes a watermark, you know, across the picture this way. If you're watching me on video, this way it doesn't have to be that way. It can be at the very bottom with a very nice, just little your website here. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, here's here's a little Facebook centric. Uh, I guess a non-spammy rule that they have is if you upload an image and you try to okay, if you upload an image to your cover photo, the large image on your Facebook profile, per Facebook's rules, they do not want that image to contain more than twenty percent text. Now, they actually have some tools out there through Facebook that you can use to determine whether or not your image consists of 20% text. Also, if you choose to promote an image, you're going to actually pay money to ensure that that image is seen. There's no more than 20% text. So what I just do is eyeball it. And the reason they do that is because they want to maintain the kind of social atmosphere of Facebook, and they don't want people turning their cover photos into gigantic billboards. Um, filling it with all kind of text, and it's just no longer an image. It's just a gigantic message. So no more than 20% text. I get dinged with this actually quite often, like a couple times a week, because what I'll do is I'll create an image to uh, to promote something for one of my clients or myself, and I will actually pay Facebook $5, 10 15 $20 to make sure that message gets maximum exposure. And then I'll get a little notification back that says, sorry, Andy, your picture was not promoted because it contains more than 20% text. I don't get a bill in the mail. I don't. The feds aren't coming to knock at my door. But it's something that you got to realize. Because I'm sure if I do it often enough, eventually they may ban me. So keep that stuff in mind. Uh, so Facebook advertising, this is an actual show all in itself. And and I could like jump on my soapbox and go crazy about Facebook advertising. But I think if you were to go back and unearth these marketing and advertising guys, you know, back from, from Madison Avenue that were doing, you know, the David Oglavies and all these old timers that th- when you would tell them that I have a program, I have a website where people voluntarily share their information. There's no reason to do demographic research. They're voluntarily telling you what food they like, what soda they like, what books they read, what TV stations they want to watch, what channel they watch the most. And I have that, and it's free. Those guys would drop dead. I mean, they would never believe that something like that existed. But that is Facebook. It's a marketing powerhouse. And through Facebook advertising, you can secure leads or reach new sets of eyeballs at such an enormous rate for such a little, little investment. So I'm not going to delve too deep into that because I'll get excited. And next thing you know, this will be a three-and-a-half-hour podcast, and iTunes will get mad at me. Um, so I just want to tell you how cool it is. So if you want to do some due diligence and research some stuff on your own, get involved in Facebook advertising. Give me a ring if you want some help with it, um, or I, you know, chat with me or send me an email because it really is a dynamic, dynamic tool. Andy, maybe if uh, we get enough interest back on that, we'll make yeah. that its own show. So if you're in- if you're listening to this and you're interested, contact Andy. And say, hey, I'd like to hear more about that. I'll be honest with you. I did uh, advertising in the early days, right? You would get in you, before the boost even, before they started this concept mm-hmm. of boost. And, uh, you know, I'd spend 5 or $10 a day trying to boost some of my podcast stuff. It mm-hmm. didn't go very well in those days. We kind of dropped it. They've redone their engine, and they've gotten a lot better. But uh, certainly, if you want to promote on Facebook, uh, let Andy know. We'll come back around to it. Yeah, it's it's an amazing tool. So... 
Uh, let Jim, me, yeah, let yeah. me talk about a few things that Go you ahead. didn't cover in there because there's a big distinction between a page and a group, and, and what you're intending to do with them is super important. So if you're going to advertise your business, the page is the right place to go. It's not designed for interaction, although you can interact on it, right? You can, people can post things if you choose to let them to, or you can post things there on your page and advertise your stuff. But social interaction isn't the main purpose of a page. It's kind of advertising from that standpoint. Whereas, and, and, and it's really questionable whether you, what you post on your page ever shows up anywhere in anybody's timeline. So when you post to your own personal timeline, uh, the secret's out. Not all of those make it to all of your followers' timelines. They don't see everything you post, and maybe that's good for some of your friends, right? But that being said, you can't guarantee if you make a post, people are going to see it, whether you post it on your own timeline or on your page. The one place that's different is in a group. So groups are designed much like forums uh, or much like communities. They're places where you, people can come in that can either be open, which I wouldn't recommend you ever do an open group. You're going to get a whole bunch of spam in there. But Or you can have closed groups, and that's what we do actually for Call to Coach at Gallup. We have a closed group. I have a tech podcast that I do over at TheAverageGuy.tv. We have a tech uh, group for that, for that, uh, that group. And uh, we close both of them. But inside that group, every single post you make to every single person is guaranteed to be seen by that person if they're in the group. There's no hiding of the posts like Facebook has done. One of the things they've been able to be successful with is charging you for, the, for you to show your content to everybody. That's kind of where Facebook makes their money these days. And so they're wrong. That's what they do. Groups kind of avoid that whole process. And so as coaches... One of the things I encourage you to do is start your own group and begin to invite, keep it closed, but invite people in, approve them in. We have 3,000 people now in our Facebook group on our Call to Coach page and 4,000 on the Strengths Finder page. And I can guarantee if they go to that group, they're going to see every single post we put out there. And there's incredible social interaction that happens. If you want to establish yourself as an expert inside a group is the best way to do it. So, just remember, big difference between between groups and pages. How's that? We froze up a little bit again. Okay, we're back. Can you hear me? Why is it always when I'm talking? That's what I want to know. Why is it when I'm talking? Can you hear me? It's getting a little sketchy. Yeah, it's, it's, it just seems to be when I'm talking. Then it, it kind of, yeah. maybe, maybe the internet gods don't like me. Google's act, it's that shirt. It's your striped shirt. It's throwing everything <laughs> off. Sucking up, sucking up my bandwidth. Uh, so, so that was that was Facebook, and, and just to summarize, Facebook again, the largest by far social media website out there. Tons of opportunities, tons of really cool features. But like Jim said in the beginning, you kind of you got to be in it to win it. So you're not going to want to set up a Facebook page and promote it one week, and then the second week say, "Well, I don't want to do this anymore." and just give up on it because I guarantee you the way social media web pages are being indexed and the way information is starting to be displayed on Google, there's there's more and more emphasis put on social media profiles than ever before. So you want to make sure if you're creating these social media profiles that you're doing something with them. Um, so <clears throat> moving on to, I guess we're going in order of, of most powerful down the bottom of the rank here. We started with the general. Now we're dipping down to a, maybe a major or so with Twitter.com. So Twitter, love it or hate it, it's out there and it's got some solid traction. And I'm going to let Jim field the one on Twitter because he's got daily experience with the tweets. He's a tweeter. 
Yeah, we mess around a lot with Twitter. And, uh, you know, is it good? I don't know. It depends on how you decide to use it from that standpoint. 140 characters, uh, bulletin board to the world. There are no such things as a private tweet. I mean, you can direct message. I could direct message Andy, and he can direct me, message me back. Those are private tweets. But for the most part, your intention is to do 140 characters out to the world. There's a whole science behind this in the way it works. There's uh, probably the most important thing that you want to take away from this is, can it work? Yes. Do you have to work it? Absolutely. This may be one of the hardest social networks to figure out and to work, but if you figure it out, it can be incredibly powerful. If you figure it out, like Southwest Airlines has figured out Twitter. They, When customers complain, they get back to them sometimes within 20 seconds. So they've put all the tools in place to search all of Twitter all the time in case anybody sends a hashtag, and the hashtag we'll talk about here in a second, hashtag Southwest Airlines, hashtag SWA, you know, any, any of their accounts, anything, they are looking for people to complain because they want to get back to them as fast as they can. In your coaching business, this might be an area to, to watch for trends that are going on. You can have conversations with groups of people uh, on Twitter. It's just really an amazing, very flexible tool. And I see all kinds of people using it in different ways. I see it done for advertising. I see it done for conversations. You know, uh, pictures go out via Twitter, right? That's one, that's one thing that you can, you can promote your, your, if you're a photographer or if you're, if you're doing you know, images, those kinds of things. You can promote all that stuff on Twitter. Uh, Andy, you and I, we push our players, our podcast players out on Twitter. And so when you create a link, it's smart enough to bring in the Spreaker player or, in my case, Podomatic or, you know, whatever the number of, of settings. So Twitter is good enough to kind of handle all those things in a very, very short kind of format that's going on. I think Twitter, you either love it or you hate it. I have never found anybody that's kind of wishy-washy on Twitter. They're like, Oh, I get it. I love it. I'm into it. You know, when we took over the Strengths Finder Twitter account uh, back in December, it had 600 followers. And a partner of mine, we've grown that thing to has about 8,700 followers now on that. And when we tweet, 8,700 people see it in their see it in their tweet stream. Now, do they all see it? Well, who knows? This is this is the X factor. You don't really know who sees it and who doesn't. But I guarantee you today. Uh, this morning, I released a podcast on my tech network, and I sent out a message every single hour uh, that it had gone out for the various sources that were in there. And this afternoon, I got a message back from one of my followers, and they're like, hey, did you mean to tweet out every hour on the hour about your podcast? You know, And so it is being watched, right or wrong, that piece is being watched. And so... Um, you know, there's some things to do right on Twitter and some things to do wrong. It really depends on what your audience will tolerate. You know, how often should you tweet? Well, what does your audience expect, right? Who's out there? It's a great way to engage people. You're going to have to give it time, right, from that standpoint. There are some tips and tricks from it. From You can't go out there and just follow everybody. They're going to cap you at 2,000 until you get 2,000 people to follow you. So that's a good, you know, I've seen a lot of people go out there and they get stuck at 1997, right? This number of people they've followed because they're just trying to follow people so people will follow them back. To stop that, Twitter is capped at a 2,000. So you can't go above that until you get 2,000 followers, and then you can break past that barrier and, and start working with it. So that's a thing we found this summer as we were growing that account. Uh, and I was growing my own personal account this summer with our interns was that 2,000 
uh, limit. You can advertise on it. You can choose to spend money on Twitter and do promoted tweets, which gets your tweet to the top of the deck when people are looking that on the website or in some site. So you can pay money to do that. That's probably better saved for a conversation like we're going to do with Facebook, where we, where we talk about spending money on these social platforms to get it done. Um, so those kinds of things, you follow people, they follow you, you have conversations, you can advertise things you're doing. We have a little gig going on with StrengthsFinder when I, I actually follow people um, with, a, with a service that automatically retweets stuff. And so when one of our coaches posts a StrengthsFinder site or their, their blog post, I automatically tweet it to promote it. And then StrengthsFinder, the account, picks it up and retweets that. And we're then 10,000 people see that that tweet and uh, we get engagement on it. So that's kind of Twitter in a nutshell. It's something you got to kind of, again, you got to dive in. You got to be, you got, you got to be in for the long haul on this one. You can't just like in for a day and like, Oh, I don't get it. Um, it's incredibly powerful when you get it, but you're going to spend a little bit of time on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you're, you're limited to 140 characters per tweet. Now, a lot of people have, they're out there and they say, okay, well, I have a website and my website is uh, www. Uh, whatever com and the post I'm trying to put is forward slash da 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 da. So you're saying, okay, well, I don't want to use up uh, 37 characters in my 140 limit with just a link. What do I do? Well, there's things out there called link shorteners, or maybe there's another term that you use, Jim. But that's the right. Uh, that's right. <clears throat> link shorteners. My favorite is a Google link shortener, and it's just g o o dot g l. So if you just type g o o dot g l in your browser and hit enter, uh, that'll pop up. Yeah, and just copy and paste that long URL in there. The nice thing about the Google URL shorteners, it keeps track of the ones you shorten. So if you need to go back and get those for future reference, and you got some stats around them as well, yeah. So that's a nice thing. You've heard, of, you've probably heard of Bitly. They're another URL shortener, and actually, Mo Twitter has its own shortener. Amazon has its own shortener. Many of these sites have now come up with their own shorteners. So you might get one by default anyway. If you actually, if you type in Twitter right now and you put a full URL, it's gonna automatically shorten that for you. Oh, see, that's, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yep, it's gonna do see. that now. So. That's in a cool. lot of cases, you use Twitter management tools like I'll name one called Hootsuite. That's probably the most H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T, Hootsuite. That's probably one of the more famous or, or more used uh, tweet decks, kind of what we call them. Actually, tweet deck is another one that's out there, mm -hmm. but kind of Twitter management tools. Um, those help you manage multiple streams and search queries and those kinds of things. Again, yes, this is complicated. Right, it's one of those things, but but any tool is it can be very complicated. Your your goal is to kind of harness the power of it to to use it. Um, denying that it's there isn't going to make it go away. By the way, so I don't. I hear people all the time. I don't get Twitter. I don't use Twitter. I don't need Twitter. Well, that might be the case, but you know what? You could be missing out on engagements of hundreds maybe thousands of people that you would want to reach through that platform. So think about that. And just because you're afraid of it, just because you're scared of using it or you don't understand it, doesn't mean you shouldn't figure it out. You know what I tell a lot of my clients, Jim, who are business owners and they have uh, children or grandchildren right around that 16 to 20-year-old age and they're, they're deep in technology. They know how all this stuff works and so they're at the cusp of the new features. 
I say if you don't if you think it's scary, then you know bring them in. <laughs> yeah, give that throw yeah, yeah. a couple hundred dollars their way on summer break or in a holiday break, and see if they can start your your social media campaigns up. Because yeah. yeah, the last thing you want to do. I mean, if if I came to you and I knocked on your door and you answered the door and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to a networking event. There's going to be a couple hundred people there, maybe a thousand people, and I'm sure out of that group, several dozen would want to hear what you have to offer. And out of those several dozen, I bet you a bunch would actually take you up on it. Would you be interested? Absolutely. Now, if I said, okay, but they're virtual and you're going to have to tweet to them, you would say, oh, I don't understand that. It's the same concept. It's just we're, we're communicating in a different form. And uh, that's why I love social media because, man, it's revolutionized the way that people communicate. Now, if you're a strengths enthusiast and you understand the themes and the, the Clifton Strengths Finder, I am high woo in communication. So uh, t- social we, media. We both are, by yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah, social media really a shocker. Yeah, really gets gets <laughs> my juices flowing. So uh, let's now that was that was Twitter. So you, you yeah. can see there was a little difference. We compared Twitter to Facebook. Not as many bells and whistles. Uh, still a unique audience out there, and people who are willing to listen to what you have to say. But now we're going to move on to the kind of a different side of the spectrum is Instagram.com. Now Instagram is for pictures and videos now but but pictures and videos and it really was created to give an outlet and uh, provide an outlet for people who are who have uh, photography and videography and just this kind of artistic feel and allow them to share these images throughout the internet and then it kind of morphed into you know selfies and tagging and all that great stuff but why it is a great social media website it is traditionally designed for pictures. Um, so there's not much you can do in the form of communication without slapping some images in there as well. Uh, so it's great for what I've seen it work really well for in the coaching side of things is taking the pictures of a group shot at a training session. Uh, you know, the whole class, give them an opportunity to tag themselves, throw in a hashtag for the event name. Also, people that sit there for, again, for strength coaches and hold their top five signs in front of them that says, you know, strategic, futuristic, woo, ideation, communication. It's my picture holding a sign. That works well on Instagram. Getting that face involved with the message works really, really well. Andy, you mentioned the word hashtag, and let's, I, I was going to talk about that when we talk about Twitter, but it pertains to all of these really quick. Hashtag's not magic, right? In fact, many comedians have made fun of it. I, I think of Jimmy Fallon and, and Justin Timberlake. They kind of have a whole hashtag uh, deal going on when they talk about that. But hashtags are really just an indicator of a key word. It's all it really is. And a hashtag can be anything. There's no magic to it. I could say hashtag green cup or hashtag great water or hashtag love Andy. Right, I could put a hashtag in, in anywhere. Right, there are because though it's hashtagged, it does get it gets searched a little bit differently based on the social platform. You can hashtag on Facebook, you can hashtag on Twitter, you can hashtag on Instagram. You can now hashtags are being supported in a lot of different places, and you'll see a lot of creative hashtags being used. This is where it gets really weird. There are there are strategies around hashtags and the way to make them work. Uh, and, and people get super creative with hashtags. I always try and make mine as long as I possibly can. That's just to really annoy people is all that is <laughs> when I do that. So um, that's the hashtag. Nothing magical. If you want to kind of keyword what you're doing. So in this case, maybe you're taking a picture of, um, 
it's it's a it's a group uh, uh, who's just taken their uh, gone through a strengths assessment. And you're taking that. You might hashtag StrengthsFinder in that right because that's what they've done. That would be a way for people to come back and find those. You might have a group name in that case, and that'd be a great one to hashtag at that point. If your group has a name or your coaching group has a name, some of those kinds of things, you have to kind of think through it. Think how would I tag this picture? That's a hashtag. Yeah, it's it's uh, and use them sparingly. I will say this. I mean, you do see Facebook posts out there that say somebody's at a local restaurant eating a burger and it's and it's uh, stopped at this restaurant, bought a burger, hashtag delicious, hashtag bun, hashtag ketchup, hashtag secret sauce, hashtag. So don't get crazy with hashtag the hashtag yummy, hashtag <laughs> yum. But yeah, it is it is a way to identify, and, and I actually use it quite a bit in my marketing business just to track the success of a campaign. So uh, in, in advertising and marketing, you always want to be able to track the success. You want to be able. Ultimately, when I say success, I mean are you making money on that campaign? Is there a return on your investment? Hashtags are a great way to do that. So back to Instagram. Uh, Instagram, excuse me, different gets noticed fast. Post images that are eye-catching, that are different, that expose maybe a different angle or 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 have something about them that really just draws people into them, they do well on Instagram. Uh, I, I'll be completely honest, I don't use Instagram personally uh, for business. I dabble in it. Um, personally, I don't get really involved in But what I will say is Instagram is growing, and it's growing quickly. Uh, Facebook picked it up for gobs of cash. What was it, a few years ago? Oh, lots. Lots, lots of money. Lots, lots of, of money. money. And when Facebook throws that kind of money at a platform like Instagram, you can realize that there is an opportunity. And from what I recently read is actually the advertising that's taking place on Instagram is a culmination of both uh, analytics and demographic information that's put on Instagram also, all of your Facebook likes and things like that now, because they are the same company. Um, so it's kind of neat how the the process of Facebook advertising is blending over, bleeding over into Instagram's uh, profile pages and things like that. So um, good things coming from Instagram, a great resource. But again, know your audience. If your audience is out there tagging and your audience is out there liking pictures and images, hop on Instagram. If you know your audience could care less about Instagram, then you may just want to throttle back and just wait the tide out here and see what happens when everything recedes. Um, So that's Instagram. I'll keep that one short only because I'm somewhat immigrant, ignorant on uh, Instagram, but it's, it's still a viable option when it comes to social media. I didn't want to leave any stones unturned here. Jim, do you have anything to add about Instagram before you move on to Pinterest? I don't use it. I'm not a picture guy, so I don't use it that much. Okay. And now my wife's addiction Pinterest.com. Uh, the Pinterest, I think, was designed to show men exactly what their wives want that they can't afford to buy them. I think that's what that was designed for. Um, but Pinterest.com, if you haven't heard of it, you need to, you're living in a cave somewhere. Pinterest.com is what's known as a virtual pin board. And most people think, isn't that a site for just arts and crafts? What is pinning anyway? Well, here's the breakdown of Pinterest. Again, Pinterest.com, P I N T. E-R-E-S-T dot com. So users share visual images from the web by pinning them onto a series of virtual pin boards. 
I'm sure if you've seen the commercial that's on TV, and this is more of an example for Facebook, but there's three older women and they're sitting there, and the women, the one woman has all of her pictures of her vacation and her grandchildren, and everything is like thumbtacked to the wall, and it's a list of all the things she wants to do that summer. And somebody says that's not how it works. I mean, that's kind of a play on Pinterest. Pinterest is collecting all this data online and using images in order to sort it all out in different pin boards. Is it viable tool for business? Absolutely. But you have to have a picture associated with whatever it is that you're trying to promote. So if you're doing a blog post, for instance, and your picture is completely has nothing to do with the the topic that you're blogging on, it's probably not going to bode well on Pinterest. But if you're writing something specifically about the image that you're posting, and people get passionate about it, people get motivated about it, they may choose to pin your post, and, and then that image pops up on one of their pin boards. I should have my wife on here right now because I guarantee she's probably sitting down on the couch with the iPad in hand, pinning things because the holidays are coming up. So again, Pinterest is based on images. So we talked about Instagram and we talked about Pinterest. Those are two social media sites down there that are geared towards images. One really cool thing that I like about Pinterest is the instantaneous way that you can pin things to your Pinterest profile and your different uh, pegboards or pin boards, or whatever they're referred to as. Um, you can actually download what's known as a pin it button directly to your browser. So say you're at unleashedrengths.com and you're reading one of my blog posts and you're thinking, wow, that Andy really had something to say there. I want to share this with people on Pinterest and you're a Pinterest user. And then you have, you have a pet or a pin board that you've titled uh, strength finder and you put all your cool strengths information on that board so you can go back and look at it and it's just peppered with different blog posts and images that really get you motivated a bit motivated about discovering your 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 given talents and you just click on that little button on your browser that says pin it and then you're done and it automatically pins it to Pinterest right where you said that you want it. And it's a great way to share information. The other really cool thing is that Pinterest is linked with both your Facebook and your Twitter profiles. So when you pin something, you can actually choose for that recent image that you just pinned or pro or blog post to now get generated automatically onto Facebook.com, Twitter.com. So as a post or as a tweet. Uh, so it's really good information out there that can be shared and, I like Pinterest, but again, I use it for business, not so much for myself. My wife does enough pinning for the entire state of Iowa. Uh, so so I'll, I'll leave that up to her. There's a few links that I'll throw on in the show notes. Um, there's an actual Pinterest, I'm sorry, business.pinterest.com is a great section of the Pinterest website where they show you how exactly they recommend that you use it for business. And I, one of the things that I use Pinterest for is kind of a spy tool. I get all 007 James Bond with it because if I know I have a client or somebody who's interested in enlisting my services, whether it be marketing or strengths finder, I find them on Pinterest and then I follow their pin boards or what they're pinning because that way I can see what their interests are. And if I see their interests are kind of in line with my own, I make sure I bring up fishing or I make sure I bring up hunting or I make sure I bring up, you know, the, the newly released Ford Bronco or something like that because I know we're going to share something there. And when you share something with people and you have a common like or a common uh, hobby, it automatically builds trust and it eases into a conversation. A great icebreaker. So consider using Pinterest like that. Jim, do you have anything you want to add there with the Pinterest? No, I just know I was just in a conversation today at work about Pinterest and 
and some of the gals. I mean, it's the demographic for this is really skewed over to the to the ladies, and um, and so they were talking about dresses and ideas about birthday parties and. They just they find great ideas and they just pin them and uh, so I just did a search on Pinterest for Strengths Finder and man there's a ton yeah. of Strengths Finder of uh, stuff to pin out there so lots of material if you think that way I think if you're very visually oriented Pinterest is a great place to go and get stuff yeah Carol Ann McGuire that'd be a good thing for her to get in we we t- talked about Carol Ann as a as a friend of ours she's also a strengths coach but she is a very very talented artist. And she does some amazing things, and I think Pinterest would be her bread and butter if she could start getting some stuff up there. Um, So, again, know your audience, but that type of stuff works on Pinterest. So, again, like Jim said, if you're visual, if you're creating things, whether it's memes, which is just an image that has a saying on it or something like that, consider using Pinterest. All right, I'll take a breath from Pinterest, and we'll slide right into LinkedIn And then you said, LinkedIn, Andy, but I'm not looking for a job. Well, true. LinkedIn originally was perceived by people that were just going on there, slapping up their resumes, slapping up all their professional stats, where they've worked, all their experience, and looking to engage with people for the hopes of finding employment or maybe seeking just a network of professionals to hang out with. And while it still maintains that kind of you know huge professional status, um, it's not Facebook, but it offers some amazing solid features that are great for networking. Uh, one of the things that I like about LinkedIn is you do have when you're creating your profile, you have a massive amount of opportunity to stuff that thing chock full with some amazing accomplishments and really highlight yourself as a guru, as a professional. Uh, one caveat, though, I think I have this uh, in italics in my show notes, is don't stretch the truth. The last thing you want to do on LinkedIn is say that you're qualified to do something that you're not. Say you graduated from a college that you did not. Um, so that why you can put in a ton of information, there's also a little bit too much wiggle room there for people that want to kind of overinflate themselves. Um, but you also are notified on LinkedIn when somebody's viewed your profile which I don't know if that's a setting you can change. But for instance, when I wake up in the morning, I may have one or two emails in my inbox that says, this person viewed your profile. And why that's great. I get excited. Somebody found me online. Somebody showed interest. But then I also have the opportunity to go back and view their profile and connect with them and kind of springboard that conversation in a direction that hopefully uh, yields some business. And that's one of the things that I like about LinkedIn is there's not a lot of privacy going on there. I mean, if somebody wants to find you and they want to cruise around your profile, you're going to be notified. Uh, So I think that's really neat as well. Now, you can't just kind of troll all of LinkedIn and just find everybody. I mean, there are some privacy standards there, but uh, it does really open up the door for communication. It is a huge job board and recruiting tool, though. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those areas. I mean, I... I find the conversation on LinkedIn to be poor. Oh, there's, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the platform is there. It could be a Facebook-like application. Every They have everything. They've copied Facebook from a conversation standpoint. You can, you know, you can interact with people and have, try to have conversations, but that's not really what's happening there right now. It's kind of sad in some ways. I, you know, LinkedIn, I've, I get more traffic. I mean, man, I when I log into LinkedIn, there's a ton of activity. It's all around people posting links. And no conversation. So if LinkedIn is good for finding people, it's good for connecting to people. It's good. I sometimes get, you know, people are trying to either sell me things or they're trying to get a job at Gallup or some of those kinds of things. And they'll connect to me through LinkedIn. 
it's not a place that's not like Facebook. I don't think you're going to engage your 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 clients. You may find them there. I don't think you're going to engage with them. You know, we have a we have a, a strengths finder group. It's got about 8,000 people in it. You'd think the conversation would be great. It's really just about 10 of us posting strengths finder stuff that nobody responds to. Yeah. You know, and so you're kind of like, eh. So I don't find LinkedIn to be that great uh, from what I'm trying to do again. But you're probably on it. You probably don't know it. You probably set up an account at some point in time. Um, it is good for connecting to people. That's that's one area. And for for pe- for the professional end of connecting to, to people. So yeah. not bad for those kinds of things. Yeah, keyword, keyword for LinkedIn is professional. This is not the social media site where you want to go ahead and slap a picture of yourself uh, up there when you were – you know, following Grateful Dead for the last six months or something like that. It, yeah, I, it I tends mean, to be more professional. Correct. Yeah. You'll see a lot of, of professionally taken headshots and things of that nature. So again, know your audience, though. I mean, if you're trying to, re, if you're a strength coach and you're trying to really focus on those professionals, HR directors, human uh, human resource directors, and you're trying to reach those types of individuals. Uh, you know it, that can be a great foot in the door is seek them out just do a search for human resources or hr and and see who's in your area and then just connect with them on linkedin cuz i can say that i can count probably on more than one hand how many people have approached me and said oh how did i when i ask i ask everybody this how did you hear about me how, where did you find me which is an important thing to do and i'll I could go off on a tangent about that, and actually I will, because I think that's very, very important. Everything that we're telling you right now, talking about social media, whether you've been following along and jotting down some notes, or you're just not really hip to the whole social media game, you have to ask people, how did you hear about me? Because you're not going to remember everybody you hand a business card to. You're not going to remember every email you send. You're not going to remember every social media page you have out there. So it's important to ask people, where did you find me? Did you find me on LinkedIn? And I can say more than five people have said to me, oh, I saw your profile on LinkedIn. And my profile on LinkedIn is really geared more towards my marketing business as opposed to my strength coaching business. Why? Because that's the way I started it. And I just went in there and typed in some stuff about strength coaching. And that was pretty much it. I left it alone. Uh, but people do find me there. And it's and it's good for a place for me to represent myself as a professional, um, which I, I hope I am. Who knows? <laughs> I got a flannel shirt on now and a beard. So I don't know. But, uh, uh, but that's it. So... That's LinkedIn in a nutshell. Again, does not have the same pull, does not have the same communication. The conversation is not as in-depth or active as Facebook, but people are out there. Know your audience. If they're cruising around LinkedIn looking for professionals to to link up with, a good place for you to be. Next, we're going to go into Google+. Plus. I'm going to let Jim take this one over because he's the Google guy. Yeah, you know, and let me just say I'll do a quick review of this. So this is like Google+, Plus in one minute. You know, Google Plus is everything that Facebook is, except it's on the Google platform. So same idea. You friend people. You follow people. You have conversations. You post pictures. There's a lot of stuff going on there. The nice thing about uh, Google Plus is that it integrates with all your Google properties. So if Docs and Sheets and YouTube and, and really none of it is really being actively used for the most part by the masses, with the exception of YouTube, right? This is an area we talked about. Uh, when when did we do video? Did we talk about that on doing video? Was that one number one or number two? Doesn't matter. That was number two. That was number Deuce. two. Doing, yes. doing video, and um, and so um, 
YouTube's an amazing platform, and you need Google Plus to make YouTube work well for you. So you kind of have to be there. If you're in the tech community or the photography community, man, there are thriving Google Plus groups that are out there. For everything else, they haven't really made it there yet for the most part. So some people will say Google Plus is a ghost town, Google Plus is dead. Well, depending upon what you use it for, that might be true. We have very vibrant tech communities. I have, I'm, I'm in part of three podcasting communities alone that have uh, three or 4,000 people in them. So is it dead to me? No, not in this case. So, But you might want to search it to, to find some groups. They have communities there. Those are, like, those are like groups in Facebook. They have communities there with thriving people you can you can connect to and interact with just go into it and search through you know create a you probably already have this is an account that everybody has because they have a gmail account right so if you have a gmail account you already have a google plus account go in search for some people find some things find ways to connect to people if your people are there if they're not move on google plus is not one of those things that you necessarily have to be a part of it is mandatory for YouTube. So although, yeah, I'll just say it for now. It's mandatory for YouTube. That's Google Plus, probably one of those things you just want to take a peek at. Yeah, it's like walking through the wardrobe to Narnia. I mean, I didn't, you know, I knew I had a Google Plus page, but then you actually go onto it. And because it is linked with everything on your Google account, you go to your Google Plus page and you look around and you're like, oh, there's all my YouTube videos. There's every Hangout on air that I've ever had. There's every, so the information's getting there. So it's a matter of you actually being able to go out there and determine uh, what you got some company out there? Yeah, can you hear Sarah? So the joke on all the tech podcasts, all right. It, <laughs> she used to watch Big Bang Theory every Thursday while I was trying to do the podcast. And you know, I got a dynamic mic just so that I would filter some of that out. But she is the loudest laugher that I know. So if you're ever gonna listen to any of my podcasts, you're gonna hear Sarah laugh at some point. Well, that's good. I like people who can laugh loud. The people that creep yeah. me out are the ones that chuckle to themselves quietly. And you're like, ah, I don't know if I can't no, hear you laughing. She, she lets you know. Yeah. Well, thanks for the one minute run through on Google Plus. It's out there again. Know your audience. If they're on it, go ahead and use it. We've we've stated this time and time again. Uh, you know, there's an asterisk, word of warning. If you're not, if you're gonna create social media. Uh, profiles, and you're going to go through the entire list that we just gave you, you have to maintain all those profiles because Google does not say, oh, somebody searched Andy Sokolovich on Google. Uh, we're just going to show him his LinkedIn and his Facebook profile because he keeps those updated. We'll never show his profile or his Twitter page. That's not how it works. Okay, so you got to be, you got to think that the first time somebody falls on something that's visually, uh, that falls on a profile that represents your business, is it going to be that Facebook profile that you never maintain that has a post on it from September 11th, uh, 2013, and it's 2014, or is it going to be one of your dynamic, well-maintained social media pages that has links, videos, uploads, all sorts of really rich, rich content? You want it to be the latter one of the two, right? You don't want people falling into a ghost town. So if you're going to create these, maintain them. If you don't think you have time to maintain them, don't create them. Search them. Spend some time looking around as an observer before you, you delve in really and deep. shut them down if you're not going to use them. Yes. I mean, I just... Don't leave them hanging out there. That's one place for someone to crack and hack and get into that if you're not maintaining it, you do not want somebody impersonating you on any of these social sites. So mm. if you don't plan on using it, if you created a Twitter account, you don't plan on using it, delete it. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of other social media sites out there. You can... You can, oh, there's a million. Oh, there's, there's, there seems we to be a new one. We can cover them all. If you, if you got individual questions on them, send us those questions and we'll... 
play him and talk about him on another show. One that I was really excited about when it came out was Vine. The Vine videos, little fifteen-second videos you can create and launch yeah, up still, there. The kids are still doing that. Yeah, the, yeah, the kid, those whippersnappers are out there vining. Those rascally kids. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, would have yeah. gotten away with this if it weren't for those darn kids. <laughs> yeah. hey, zoinks! Uh, so yeah, but uh, there's a bunch out there. If you do have a social media site question, and uh, speaking of questions, we're gonna we did have one question. Take yeah. advantage of our of our uh, speak pipe voicemail. The offer that we're doing now, so you can hear your voice on our show and it gets answered live on the air. But let's go ahead. You got that queued up? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Go ahead. Play that. Hi, Andy. This is Noreen of Strive Leaders. I have a Twitter account, a Facebook account, and also LinkedIn and Instagram. Is there a way that I can post to one that in turn posts to all of those platforms at the same time? Thanks. And great resource. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Well, thank you, Noreen, for sending in your question. I love – see, she sounded crisp. She sounded clear. She got on on the show. This is what I love about SpeakPipe and technology. But, Jim, I got a few things, but do you want to jump in first and answer, Noreen? Yeah, don't do it. Um, that, that's my recommendation. Post individually to these. With the way the social networks are set up today, uh, if you post to one and ferret them out to the other ones – each one of have each one of them have their own unique kind of posting style and it in your friends most likely if they follow you on Facebook they also follow you on Twitter they also follow you on LinkedIn and they're going to see the same exact message every single time change that up on the networks i know it's more work but i think it's something you need to do it's it's a, i get in trouble for doing this all the time where i blast a similar message out and my followers are like come on jim you could change a few words to have it make sense, I get lazy and copy and paste and move them all around. So I say don't. Do your best to make them as unique as you can. Tailor them for the individual um, you know, the individual sites. You probably have different audiences, a little bit of different audiences each, or a different maybe they're the same people, but they're looking for something different each time you do that. So tailor those for those um, for those individual sites. Yeah, I'll echo that same statement. I mean, yes, is there ways to do it? Absolutely. I mean, if you do, if you author a blog through WordPress or one of the other different platforms, you can always share that content. As soon as you hit publish on that brand new blog you wrote on WordPress, it goes out to Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them. And I do have some stuff set up that way. But what I will echo is we'll go back and we'll use the comparison between LinkedIn and Facebook. There's a way that I would present a new post that I just authored on UnleashedStrengths.com on Facebook, and then there's a way that I would present that same post on LinkedIn. One very professional site, people are looking for just the facts, sir, you know, just the facts. And then there's another one where people are looking maybe get a little chuckle. Uh, so I'll write a little post, and maybe I won't be grammatically correct, or I'll use a couple slang terms or things like that. That I save for Facebook. LinkedIn, really just the bare bones Here's what this post is about. Enjoy. Um, so again, know your audience. Not all these social media websites are the same. And I'm gonna before I'm gonna start rolling through some helpful engagement boosting tips. And when I say about engagement, I mean we want to get this conversation going, right? And the first thing that I'll say is the conversation goes both ways. And I had this listed on number one on my show notes, but I'm gonna drop right back down to number eleven. I use this analogy whenever I explain to somebody how social media works. Say that you're invited to go to a house party. So a friend of yours and a friend of his or has this big house party, and he invites you to go, and you don't really know too many people there. You know the guy that's taking you and maybe one or two other people. 
Now, you're not going to walk into that house party, and this is what we'll say for business, and this is the analogy I use. You're not going to walk into that house party, and while the music's playing and people are talking, they're sitting back, and they're they're snacking on some Chex Mix or something, you're not going to walk in there and just be like, hey, everybody, look at me. I got something to sell. I got a trunk full of stuff in my car. Come out and buy it now. Buy it now. It's, it's fire sale. People are going to look at you like you're crazy. They're not going to want to do business with you. They're going to be mad at the guy that brought you there, and they're going to kick you out of the party. But now let's change it up a little bit. And this is what I do when it comes to social media. You go into that party and you start talking to people. You start walking into groups and little little uh, groups of people that are holding a conversation. You get involved in that conversation. You throw in your opinion. I agree. I disagree. You start making friends, shaking hands, sharing names, talking about sports that you both enjoy, talking about mutual hobbies, fishing, hunting. And then throughout the night, two hours have passed, and you talk to somebody and he says, I have a problem. And all of a sudden, that stuff in your trunk is the solution to his problem. That's a product that you're trying to sell. Now, what do you think is going to happen if you approach that individual and say, hey, uh, I know we just met, um, but I, I know you have the same problem as I do. I have a solution. Are you interested in hearing about it? Chances are pretty good that they're going to say, yeah, I, I want to listen to what you have to say. That's social media. The conversation goes both ways. Nobody's looking to get smacked over the head with an aggressive sales pitch. People are looking for you to come in and take part in the conversation. Jim, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, just let them invite you into the conversation if you can, right? Let them ask you, after they see some of the things you've been posting, let them ask you for advice rather than you giving it to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's just, it's basic uh, human interaction and communication. Um, If you wouldn't want somebody to physically come up in your conversation and butt their head in and say something, it's the same applies in social media. Yeah, rock on. Uh, one of the great successes that I've had in boosting engagement is asking open-ended questions. Everything, just like Facebook, has this algorithm that they use called, uh, what is it called? Something rank. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll come to me in a second. Yeah, yeah it's an algorithm. So. Basically, it says, if you come to Facebook, if you come to Facebook.com forward slash Unleashed Ranks and you click that like button, and you select it, say, I like Andy's page, but you never communicate with me. You never post you, or you never comment on my post. You never share. You never like. You never do anything. Over time, Facebook is going to say, you know what? Andy's Unleashed Strengths page is no longer relevant to you because you're not taking part in that conversation. We're not going to show you his posts anymore. We're not going to show you his content. And Facebook does that as a way to kind of, because if they showed people every single post that showed up in their timeline of people they've, they've chose to like or the people they've chose to follow, it would be a timeline that would be completely unmanageable and you never get any information. You would log in on a Monday and you'd be sifting through thousands of posts. So Facebook does this as a way to kind of target into what you they feel is most relevant to you. Edge rank, that's what it's called, edge rank. So basically, asking open-ended questions, leaving that open so people can comment their response is a great way to boost your engagement on Facebook. So in the Strengths Finder world, you could say, my top five is this, and this is what I think my woo does for me. How does your woo work for you? And somebody can come in there and then reply open-ended. You're asking a question and people are responding. That helps boost your engagement on Facebook. Uh, Reputation management, how to handle negative comments. Uh, This is something, again, we could probably do an entire show on, but you have to understand that there's going to be people out there that are saying things about you. 
um, that are talking about you because now you've entered the social media webosphere. You're hanging out in different groups. So you got to be able to handle negative comments. Here's the worst thing you can ever do. Now say this is a retail setting or say this is a coaching setting and people come on there and say, I hired Andy to be my strengths coach and he just did a really poor job. I was expecting this, this, and this, and he gave me just this. And I just let that comment sit there and I don't go back. I don't try to make amends. I don't try to respond. How does that look for the next user that lands on that social media page and reads that comment? It makes it look like I just really don't care. Now say that same comment is pitched on there and I get on there and I say, okay, I'm sorry that I didn't give you this, this, and this. What were you looking for? How can I make it up to you? Let's talk about this. And I start a conversation and I actually appease him, I mean, they're him or her, and they're excited about my response. That shows that I care and I'm willing to go that extra mile to maintain my online reputation. And Jim, feel free to jump in here whenever you want. Yeah. Let me say, don't fight. You can't yeah. fight online, right? Don't. Do, if someone picks a fight with you, you can't fight back. You can't. Let me give you a little advice on this. Uh, somebody tries to pick a fight with you or they say bad things about you online. Write a response, right? Then delete it. Okay. And write it again then delete that one, then write it again, then delete that one. And then after you've done it three times, if you still have something you need to say, right, say it. But at, the, at that point, I often find myself sometimes I'm like, it's not even worth, sometimes it's not even worth responding to. Don't let people, this happens online all the time, and you guys know this, you've been, don't let people bait you into these silly, sarcastic conversations where they hide behind the, the typewriter. Just, or behind the keyboard. Just let it be typewriter. Where the heck yeah. did that come from? Ah, uh, he, he old Jim Allen. Go back in time. <laughs> yeah. uh, Moving on up. <laughs> so, anyways, don't don't hide. Don't let people hide behind that. We call the we call those trolls or flamers. Those kinds of things. Um, don't respond to them. Just let it go. In some cases, you know, in any case, if it's service, you've got to respond to it. If they're attacking you personally, sometimes you just got to let that go. Or I tell my mom. That's what I do. <laughs> you know. I, Mom I will has a way of I, yeah. Mom has will, a way of taking care of that. I will tell my mother, and you will receive a you Facebook not, comment. You will not like the karma that comes from yeah. your mother. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that so, and then here before we close the show out, we've been <laughs> talking. About, I know we've been talking about social media now for an hour plus. And uh, we could go on and on, but I feel my voice getting froggy again here. So it just takes it takes a lot of effort. It does take a lot of effort to talk about this stuff. Number one most important thing you need to know about social media is have fun. I think we talked about this in the last episode when we talked about video creation. None of this is going to work if you do not enjoy it. If you loathe Facebook and status updates, if you loathe getting on Twitter, if you can't stand the, the thought of having to respond to somebody's uh, comments on Facebook, then just don't do it or, or outsource it. But the one thing you just don't want to do is, is force yourself to do something you don't enjoy. So Jim and I have fun on social media. We like the communication. We like the content. We like being able to share things. And that's why I think it comes easier to us. But if you're not having fun, uh, don't do it. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, no, I agree. It's got to be fun. Sometimes you have to do it for business, right? You just have to. Mm -hmm. So you got to learn. But uh, if you can do it for fun, if you can make it fun and interesting, I think you'll uh, you'll do it more. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, today we talked everything social media. We jumped on our soapboxes and we talked a little bit about everything from Facebook's Facebook, excuse me, Twitter, Instagram. We hit up uh, what else? We talked about Pinterest, pretty yeah. much Google Plus. We covered Google as Plus, we covered what to do, as many what not to do. Yeah, we covered Just as many. Just don't go as we out and sign up can. for all of them. Okay, don't okay. do that. 
don't don't sign one at a time. Hopefully you download this podcast and you listen to this to and from work. So thank you for listening to Tech for Coaches by UnleashedStrengths.com. Be sure to send your topic suggestions, your tech topic suggestions to myself, Andy, at UnleashedStrengths.com. And we are on iTunes, so go subscribe and make sure you leave us a comment when you're on iTunes so we can build up some uh, firepower and some popularity on that network as well. And if you like what we're doing, go tell some of your friends and family. There's always a couple people in your circle that maybe need some information on social media and you say, hey, I just heard a podcast. These two guys, they were talking about Facebook and talking about social media and they had some really cool things to say. So send this broadcast their way. And as always, like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash unleash strengths and hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash unleash CSF. I got it right this time. Unleash CSF. And the CSF stands for Clifton Strengths Finder for those of you that aren't in the know. Lovich of UnleashStrengths.com. And thanks for tuning in. Jim, you want to sign off? Good night. All right. That's good night. All right. Again, this is Andy. See ya. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Tech 4 Coaches. Remember, don't fear technology. Embrace it. This is your host, Andy Sokolovich, and I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. System shutting down.